0: In the digital world, you have access to lots of information about your prospects and clients, so you want to personalize their experience. You want to make sure that when they contact you, you have all the information available and even more, it's great if you're able to tell they have a problem before they tell you they have a problem.
1: Welcome to the Agile Digital Transformation Podcast, where we explore different aspects of digital transformation and digital experience with your host, Tim Butera, Content and Community Manager at Agile Drop. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm joined today by Guillaume Portalier, co-founder and COO of Wallaxi, an advanced lead generation platform for LinkedIn and email. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the evolution of customer experience in business to business with a look at the move from traditional to digital B2B customer experience and a focus on more recent digital trends such as omni-channel experiences. And welcome to the show, Guillaume. Thank you for being our guest today. It's great to have you. Would you like to add anything here? I think you You did it uh, right. So thanks for having me, Tim. Thanks for joining us again. And I think we have a great topic today. I think it's one that, that definitely a lot of our listeners will, will find very valuable. Uh, but, but I want to take a step back from what B2B CX looks like today. And I kind of I want to look at this distinction or at this move from kind of traditional or physical CX, where there used to be quite a clear distinction between business to customers so b2c on one hand and business to business b2b on the other and i'm wondering what's the situation like as we move more and more into the digital is this distinction still so clear or what do you say Yeah, I would say
0: it's not so clear anymore. Here at Galaxy, we used to say that the difference between a a B2C and a B2B, for B2B, they are basically B2C, I mean C, so consumer, entering an office, basically. So what it means is basically have the same requirements and the same expectations as consumers. So namely, they want to have answers very rapidly, and they're um, quite, I mean, they uh, they expect a lot from, from their overall experience, not just the uh,
1: customer experience, but I would say the overall experience. So e- even though it's cheesy, I quite like the term human to human as kind of describing or kind of exposing that there isn't a clear distinction between two. Because, yeah, w- when we use these acronyms, we sometimes forget that, you know, even if it's B2C, even if it's B2B, Ultimately, you know, it's a human who will end up buying your either your product, your service, signing up to your SaaS service, and whatnot. So we really shouldn't forget that. Yeah, that's it. And um, and also when you
0: speak about digital experiences, with to the contrary of, of um, physical experiences, I think it's it's really easy for people to switch from one product to another. So if you um I don't know if you As a um, a consumer or customer standpoint, if you want to, if you have questions about a product or uh, or service, a digital product, digital service, you will expect a very rapid answer. Otherwise, you know, can just um, look for another service or another product, competing product on Google, and like in in less than five seconds, you'll have a the competitors, and uh, and you'll just move on. So that's also why I think it's um, it's very important to be.
1: Extremely, extremely,
0: uh, extremely fast. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, there there has to be this combination of speed and customer centricity in both, I guess. And and I think that that we'll have a question specifically dedicated to this a bit later on, but let's let's kind of first ease into it for a bit. So yeah, we kind of discussed or uh, recovered this this transition. And if we look at the situation now, what are the key elements of B2B customer experience so today in 2022?
0: Yeah, I would say it's not a secret that, you know, every uh, companies tell they are customer centric. Mm -hmm. But I think digital companies must be customer centric just uh, on another level compared to um, the customer centricity of, of physical uh, uh, products and, and physical services so yeah obviously you always want to be customer centric it just means that when you're customer centric in in digital uh, uh in the digital world it's just an, an, a whole other level obviously it um, implies lots of uh, of technology compared to um, physical uh, uh, products or services. Um, in the digital world, you have access to lots of information about your prospects and clients. So you want to personalize their experience. You want to make sure that when they contact you, you have, so you have all the, all the information available. And even more, it's, it's great if you're able to tell they have a problem before. They, uh, they, they tell you they have a problem, and so sometimes you're able to detect that they encounter a a problem, or or a bug, or or anything, and then you push them some information uh, about that, and um, and you have this possibility to really be proactive, and I think that this makes a, a big difference in how they feel and and how they feel treated, and 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 the overall customer
1: experience. I think one of the most important points here Guillaume is proactiveness I'm really glad you mentioned this yeah definitely and also one other you you mentioned that you have all of the that companies now have all of this data at their their disposal and they have a lot of options for personalization and one thing that that I kind of assume about B2B maybe that's still a little bit different in B2C is that that B2C will rely a lot on this data driven personalization, whereas with B2B, you will also need to combine data driven insights with kind of first hand human insights obtained from, I don't know, conversations with clients and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, entirely
0: true. Though again, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm really big fan of this idea of, of B two C and B two C kind of merging mm-hmm. and having both the same expectations. But it's true that in general, in B two B, you might have more information coming from a a previous call or a previous uh, conversation that you will want to integrate mm-hmm. to the other set of data you have. And then again, I think it's important to uh to make the distinction between. Because, you know, B2B is a, is a big thing and, and within it you have different types of, uh, of customers. And so I, I think you can draw two clear distinctions between... So we, we at Wallaxi are what we call a, a product-led growth company. And so this means that we're very close to a B2C in our marketing approach, in our customer experience approach. And so we don't have salespeople, we don't have account-based managements. So we don't have this um, additional information that we uh, uh, might have if you compare to a a more classic, uh, I would say, sales-driven organization where um, you have salespeople that are here to perform demos to eventually uh, or perhaps answer a question on the phone, an account-based management where you uh, Follow your clients and, you know, give them updates about the new features. And so I think it's a bit different. The, the, the customer experience looks a bit different whether you're a, a, sales, a sales-led organization or a product-led growth organization. But overall, the the, uh, the, the end uh, result is kind of the same. You want to um, uh, leverage all the data you have and you want to answer as fast as possible and, and be proactive in the, in
1: the relation. What about if we look at the kind of explosion of different various digital channels that we've seen, whereas before, maybe, maybe you know, 15 years ago, it was mostly just the internet and then then kind of moved into the smartphones. And then now you have all of these different channels. And as a result, you have multi-channel and omni-channel experiences. How do these factor into B2B customer experience and everything that we've talked about so far?
0: Yeah, I think it's... Um... It's kind of the same of the outbound strategies or, or sell strategy that you have. So first you uh, you have kind of the basic um, one channel strategy where you would cold call or cold email your your prospects. And now you have the possibility to um, have a very uh, uh, broader outreach uh, experience. So using, as, as you mentioned, omnichannel uh, strategy. So you can contact them on, on LinkedIn. You can send them cold email. You can have a cold call. You can have have uh, cookies. You can uh, retarget them on uh, social platforms, social media platforms. And I think it's uh, kind of the same for uh, your customers, because what's the goal of of, of, um, of a an omnichannel strategy overall? Whether it's for customer success or or to get new clients, uh, their sales prospecting, it's uh the goal is to show yourself. Everywhere it's possible. And so there's a, a famous cognitive bias, uh, which is called the mirror exposure effect. And that basically says that the more you're exposed to something, uh, a brand or product or service, and the more you tend to like it. And that's why you actually see Coca-Cola ads mm-hmm. uh, basically everywhere. And of course, everybody knows Coca-Cola. You don't need an ad to, to to know that Coca-Cola exists but the more you see Coca-Cola ads and the more you're likely to have a positive opinion about Coca-Cola. Um, and I think it's uh, kind of the same for your customer experience. Everywhere your, your clients are, you want to be. And um, if you didn't have the uh, the possibility to reach out, for example, I don't know, the classical way would be emailing. Uh, so you send an email to your clients because you want to have them. Uh, but as you know, when you do uh, emails, there are lots of people that just don't read their email, don't open their email because, you know, people tend to get lots of email. Um, but you can maximize your uh, your success by adding another layer, for example, LinkedIn, or, or again, not directly ads, but more uh, uh, social media content. Uh, so you want to, I don't know, write on LinkedIn, um, depending on, on your industry, you might also want to be on, on TikTok, Instagram, uh, etc. So I think it's uh, it's important to diversify your your channel when it comes to um, um, maintaining the relationship with your clients.
1: And, and I think here again, data plays a very important role, right? Because because how how do you know which channels your preferred clients and customers use if you don't have the information about which channels they use, right? Exactly. And and one other thing that we that we kind of briefly started talking about but haven't really pinpointed it is chat support, right? We talked about how how the response to the customers needs to be fast, needs to be timely, and streamlined chat support is one of the most important tactics that you can use here, one one of the most surefire tactics. So how how important is this for B2B organizations? And are there any industries or use cases where it's particularly essential? I would say any
0: B2B SaaS, it's essential. And I think we already see this, this move from traditional call centers to the more digital approach using the chat support. I think um, there's also a, a generational move where in overall, in general, older people like to have someone on, on, on the phone, you know, to take the time to ask that question and have a, a proper human being, even though it's it's proper human being behind the chat support, there are a, a group of people, generally older people that want to have someone on, on the phone and um, for people that are my generation, so like uh, in their 20s, 30s and 40s, we tend to like more of the chat support where it's uh, both instantaneous mm-hmm. and, um, and also you have the time to, you know, um, do something else for like two minutes waiting for your answer and then you come back and you have an answer. And so, so as we as we move forward, I think uh, um, chat support will play a, uh, an even bigger important, important role. And uh, as it as it comes to um, to a SaaS product and B two B SaaS products, again, it's uh, so much easier to leverage your data when when you're using a, a chat support because you have all the information about your prospects in real time. Mm -hmm. Um, And and, and I think also one of the biggest factors, obviously, is your ability to handle way more people at the same time using chat support. Um, So, for example, here at Wallachy, we have more than 10,000 clients and um, 80,000 users. So um, we have a lot of people using call tool on a daily basis. And um, it would be almost impossible to have someone on the on, on the phone to to answer questions about you know bugs and features. And uh, and today we have like uh, seven people that are on the chat support and that are able to reply to like uh, hundreds of tickets every day uh, in less than two minutes. So I think it's way more efficient. And again, it's a it's a way to. Uh, I mean, you can automate lots of things with the with the chat support. And I'm not even speaking about all the um, you know the, the bots that you can set up depending on um, most commonly asked question. To be frank, I'm not really a big fan of those. Uh, I'm sure there are uh, organizations where it's uh, it's super important and it plays a, a big role. But for us, what we've seen is you know people in the end people want to to speak to a proper human and. Uh, they're just not really uh, comfortable. Again, if you if you want to be really fast in the way you, you're giving an answer, you can't really um, have like uh, 10 questions to click before you can actually speak to a proper human. And I think we've all come through this uh, horrible experience where, yeah, I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking about my um, phone subscription, for example, my mm-hmm. mobile phone subscription where, mm-hmm. you know, they say they have a chat, but truth is they don't really have a chat. It's a, it's a bot and it's a, and it's awful because like 90% of, of the time they don't have an answer to your question. And so that's a that's an horrible experience and obviously that's not what you want to provide. So I think you're better off, you know, having a, a proper human and maybe one or two questions to qualify the problem beforehand, but not much more. And then also you, again, you can automate lots of things. So as I was saying, you can automate lots of things, but not necessarily be all questions from the bot but more um, what we call uh replies. So usually uh, when you have a service or a product you tend to have kind of um, the same questions coming again and again. Um, and with the use of saved replies, you can with using basic variables such as first name so that, you know, the, pe- the person uh, has the impression that the, the message is not really a, um, like it's, it's a tail and um and you can write a proper message that goes into detail about, you know, the questions So whether it might be a feature question, pricing question, or even sometimes a, a, a bug question where you have a record in bugs or you have a currently you have a bug, you know, uh, exactly what to, to say and you don't want to type this answer like uh, 10 times a day. So you have a set of device and boom, with a shortcut, you can access it very rapidly. and. Um, And uh, it plays a a huge role in uh, how fast we're able to answer our customers here at Wallaxi.
1: I mean, in this last case, even if you were doing, even if you were like replying to emails and you had to send out a very similar email to, I don't know, five different people, you probably wouldn't go about reinventing the wheel and kind of trying to produce unique copy for each of them because it's kind of assumed that like, the time that you got the copyright, this is the right version of the copy. And you wouldn't want a different customer getting a, a worse version of your email just because you want it to be different. So it probably, you know, if it was if it weren't, as you just pointed out for for chat support, it would probably just end up me being copy pasting the same text like three times or four times And, you know, I I guess the effect would be the same. So, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I'm glad you just started talking about chatbots because I wanted to ask you what you think about those. And and I figured that, yeah, probably in, in B2B, like there has to be at least even if you do have a chatbot to kind of start out the conversation, there has to be this transition or handoff to a like human chat support person that will actually be able to address the needs and pains of the customer. Yeah
0: yeah so so for chatbots it's not entirely garbage don't get me wrong um, <laughs> but you know i can i can see a, a handful of um of, uh, of use cases i don't know for example you have a very precise question about your uh about the, the pricing uh model so
1: mm-hmm.
0: i think uh you don't necessarily need a, a unless your product or service is uh very complicated uh, and has a very complicated pricing i think it's easy to just uh you know have a uh, 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 an answer like uh, uh, I have a question about pricing and then behind this you have a, a very thorough and, and clear explanation of how your pricing works and then if the person has a, 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 another question maybe uh, he or she can, can speak to a proper human
1: mm-hmm.
0: also you, you might want to um, gain some time by asking exactly what's the problem because what you see sometimes is as, as it's a chance you know sometimes people just come and say hey i have a problem and then they are waiting for you to come and say hey how can i help etc so and 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 you have another category of people that are just like uh, hey my problem is that da, da, da. and then you can start immediately to to uh, to, uh, to see what the problem is but When you have people that are just like, um, hey, how are you? You might want to gain some time by uh, having a bot automatically say, hey, uh, how might I help? Please describe your problem or your question to help me uh, understand. Uh, So that might be uh, a help again. And uh, and a bunch of other, you know, very general questions. Uh, It might might make sense. And probably in the future, as uh, AI um, improves, but will make more and more sense. And particularly the uh, the uh, feature that allows you to, you have basically, a, you can answer your problem, you know, with your own words. It's, it's not like um, I offer you a choice between four questions, for example, mm. and you really have a, a a space where you can write your, your problem in your own words. And then you will have a vote analyzing the, uh, the text and the, the question or the problem. And based on that, the bot will offer you predefined answers that uh, we would have defined on our end. I mean, it already exists. We've tested it. But I think it's, um, you know, as there are so many ways to ask for basically the same question, I think uh, we're not quite there yet in terms of uh, AI performance. Uh, but i'm sure at some point we will get there and um, and then it will make more sense to have a a boat to really uh, help you treating the the customer inquiries
1: do you maybe have any other predictions or expectations for a business-to-business customer experience maybe not just in the context of chat support but like in the broader context
0: yeah but basically a a, a sum up of uh, everything we've said so more digital experiences, more new channels, more bots—that's for sure. Because you know, companies want to save money, and and it's uh it's—I uh, mean—it's cost efficient to have one bot instead of ten people answering. Even though, even though it's not as good for now, when it will be for sure, uh, you'll see a lot more bots. And again, the um, the necessity to be quicker and quicker. And I think, especially with—I mean—again, companies always say okay we're customer centric um, our top priority is our customers but for digital products and digital services i think we'll get even further and yeah you'll uh you'll see even even uh, more tailor-made uh, uh, relationships because you know customer relationship is in the end it's a uh, companies tend to understand more and more how important it is because you, you know there's a, a famous uh, saying that goes like uh It's like 10 times more costly to acquire new customers versus, you know, just retaining one existing customer. And I think it's true. Um, And I think companies tend to to realize this more and more, especially in the the digital world where you can track more things. Um, And, you know, in the physical world, it's hard to tell exactly what types of people are not using your product anymore. uh, What types of people are coming again to buy your products once more and uh, in the digital world, it's way more easy. So you have uh, way more uh, uh, data. And um, and yeah, again, it will be more data-driven,
1: that's for sure. That That's definitely one prediction that we can 100% count on that will definitely take place. Thanks so much, Guillaume, for sharing your expertise and your thoughts with us today. Just before we wrap up this great conversation, if our listeners would like to reach out to you or maybe learn more about you, learn more about Wallaxi, where can they do all that? Yeah, so basically, I'll share with you my LinkedIn profile, um, and so
0: I'm happy to uh, to chat with you on LinkedIn. I'm uh, I'm only on LinkedIn. I mean, we don't really use emails. And again, for for while, I'll, see, I'll also share a link. If people use this link, they will have a, a, a two months uh, subscription for free. So if they want to try the product, uh, I think it's a, a good opportunity
1: that that's awesome. Thanks so much again, Guillaume, for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure, yeah, team. Thanks. It was also a great pleasure. Well to our listeners. That's all for this episode. Have a great day, everyone, and stay safe. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to check out our other episodes, you can find all of them at agiledrop.com podcast, as well as on all the most popular podcasting platforms. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues.